from somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. This is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for downloading this latest episode of Next Half Hour. You and me and another pair of ears in the room. Uh, you might notice that I'm talking a little lower than I usually do. And I talk pretty low in these podcasts. Um, I am actually not in my studio at the moment. Uh, the studio is fine. Um, but if you hear a little bit of an echo or a little bit of the recliner creaking, I'm doing this down in the living room right now. Um, and of course my wife's asleep in the next room, daughters are upstairs, and, uh, the other pair of ears is my little boy, Logan, and, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a scary day. Um, last couple days, uh, we thought he had, like, a, you know, typical stomach flu, stomach bug going around, he was getting sick, uh, he was a little fevered, um, but you know he was still very affable. He like he was playing. He was, you know, very aware. Uh, my wife went to work today. I was at work today. He was at grandma's, and um, I was on the floor where I worked. And my supervisor called me over, and she said, "Call Kenna. Kenna's my mother-in-law." And so I called her. And apparently during the day, Logan had a seizure, uh, uh, something induced by the fever he had. I guess the temperature was uh, t- temperature fluctuation was so bad that uh, my mother-in-law, she, she was in the kitchen, he was in the living room on the couch watching TV, she got back in, and according to her, his lips were blue, his eyes rolled back, and he was foaming at the mouth a little bit. And of course, she called 911. My wife was at work, or got her way home from work, I was at work. And, uh, the meds, uh, the, uh, the medics got there and he was conscious, he was fine, aside from the fact that he was still very sick and, um, crabby, cranky, uh, but I didn't notice that at the time, I was just told, oh yeah, he, he had a seizure, he's going to the ER up on the north side of Fort Wayne in an ambulance, and I, I broke a few I'm doing air quotes, a few, a few rules of the road to get to the hospital. And when I got there, he was standing up on the bed crying without a shirt on. I mean, he was just, he was disoriented. He was scared. He didn't know what was going on. My wife, of course, was there with him the entire time and put on a very brave face. I mean, she was, I know she was heartbroken by all this. And I got there, first thing I did was hugged him and then we sat on the bed and you know, they administered some medicine, and by the way, Logan does not like taking medicine. Um, and then they gave him some uh, Italian ice, lemon flavored. He sat on the bed with us, um, watching SpongeBob for a couple hours, dozed. And then doctor came in and said the reason he had the fever was that he had a not one but two ear infections. Like his ears are pretty bad, uh, so he prescribed some medicine for him. And he said, you know, take a little bit of aspirin, a little bit of Motrin. Of course, my wife and I are on medicine detail here. Um, you know, for the next 24 hours, touch and go. I mean, he's he's fine, but they say that there is a, a slight risk of him having another seizure. So that's why the medicine. And 
uh, here in about an hour's time after I get done recording this. I got to administer the medicine, and I'm probably going to have to put on some hockey pads and masks because the dude will fight me. But I'm glad he's fighting me. Um, but, you know, he came home and he just got back to playing like he usually does. And he watched more SpongeBob here and he spilled popcorn on the floor and ate the popcorn off the floor. Um, but he's doing a lot better. And um, thanks to all my family and friends for reaching out and, uh, to me and, and to my wife, uh, asking how he was doing. He's doing a lot better, but uh, scary stuff. And when you're a parent, your kids are your world. And I've got three little worlds. You know, Lana, Hazel, and the Bubby, who's asleep on the couch next to me. That's why I'm not doing it in the studio. I want to keep an eye on him. I, I still wanted to do the podcast tonight. Um, but I didn't want to go up in the room and be away for half an hour uh, away from him in case he needed me. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll gladly sacrifice audio quality for that and um yeah we're we're very grateful for you know god for seeing him through and of course my mother-in-law is grandma for doing the right thing and i love my wife i mean she she was nails today and the med staff at uh, dupont hospital on the north side thank you very much for um helping him along even if he was being a bit of a butt I'd, I'd rather see him being a bit of a butt than anything else. So that's that's one stressful thing I don't have to worry about for now. Um, I was going to start initially. Maybe you heard him kind of snoring in the background there. I was going to start initially talking about how St. Patrick's Day is Friday. And uh, my boss... She's a big Purdue fan. I know that Purdue plays that evening, and I think she wants to bring in the uh, some of the guys from the letter shift in same time we're in on Friday, so she can um, wrap up shop a little sooner. Maybe you know, enjoy green beer and watch the Boilers play, which is all fine and good. Uh, but I was thinking about this a lot. Last time I had a good St. Patrick's Day, God, I was I was it's probably about two decades ago. Um, and it's not like St. Patrick's Day has been traumatic. It's just you're either a young person and your liver's going to bounce back and you can afford to miss work, or you're an old drunkard trying to squeeze into a bar on one of the busiest drinking days of the year. And uh, to me, I'd rather just get on with my life. I mean, everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah, the old country, the old country. But I, I've remarked about this before. You know, my family has been in... United States for generations upon generations upon generations now. This is the old country. Um, can't say I'm too Irish, even though there is some Irish blood floating around in me. And I'm not saying that metaphorically or because I like to drink. It's just like, you know, a lot of my family came from Northern Europe. Um, so, I don't know. It's just... It, it's kind of like the Valentine's Day for drunkards. You know how they say Valentine's Day is a you know, Hallmark holiday. Basically, St. Patrick's Day is uh, you know the big three holidays. Just it's just a reason for you to go in and keep you know the cheap beer guys in business. <laughs> I will have a beer though uh, when I get off of work Friday, and I'm not leaving work early again this week. 
I had one good reason to leave today. Not doing it for uh, St. Patrick's Day Friday. Um, so, you know, the Colts went out and got uh, Gay, the kicker from the Rams. That's been the extent of their big free agency moves. And he's like getting like $22.5 million over four years. Not bad money for a kicker there. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really care one way or another about him being signed. Uh, as long as he makes his kicks, great. Um, I know there's been some stirring and some camps that, uh, you know, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson had their fallout. And uh, there are some people that would like to see the Colts sign Lamar Jackson. I am not one of those people because there just seems to be a lot of drama, first of all, between Lamar Jackson and Baltimore at this point. And secondly, I'm tired of kicking the tires on free agency quarterbacks. I don't care how good. You think Lamar Jackson is? No offense to him. I'd rather out go out and get somebody uh, who will learn their league and play for the horseshoe for a much longer time. That's just me. I know it's kind of like, well, you're looking for the next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. I was like, well, who cares if I'm looking for the next whoever? I want somebody who's going to be here for a long time. It would make sense to draft a younger quarterback, especially when you're bringing in an offensive coordinator. Um that you would like to see mold the quarterback into a franchise player. Go young. Avoid the drama. Avoid the um, the drama of uh, Lamar Jackson. Definitely avoid the drama of Aaron Rodgers, who uh, may or may not be a Packer, who may or may not be a Jet. I don't know what the hell's going on with this dude. I guess he went on the Pat McAfee show was it earlier today and said that uh, he intends to play for the New York Jets. And, of course, the Jets are doing all they can to trade for him with uh, Green Bay. And boy, that seems like a big soap opera, doesn't it? Uh, they're trying to sign all the players that he wants to play with to their team before he even gets there. This almost echoes uh, the Josh McDaniel crap uh, with the Colts years back. You know, once upon a time, I used to like Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. You know, he seemed like a tough-as-nails guy, wanted to win, played hard. But the older he gets the weirder he gets. Like, very, very freaking weird. I mean, I'm not talking about his anti-vax stuff. I mean, I don't care if he got vaccinated or not. I know a lot of big... Uh, that was a big to-do with sports media, but they're sports writers. They get pissy about anything. But he was dating that hippie girl for a bit, and that fell through, and then he went on his dark room retreat, and, like, he just, he just seems really out there removed from anybody and he too like Lamar Jackson removed from the Ravens is removed from the Packers and I just I don't know if he's always been like that or if he was just somebody that you know bought into his own hype and now he just he's, he's above all of it he seemed more trouble than he's worth and that's why I don't want to play the free agency market with anybody anymore just draft the damn quarterback all right, uh, you might have remembered some of the drama uh, leading into the Super Bowl. Michael Irvin, Hall of Fame receiver, works for the NFL Network. He was pulled off coverage because uh, it was alleged that uh, at the, the Marriott in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix, uh, he did something or said something inappropriate to an employee there. 
And uh, I don't think they fired him. They just pulled him off coverage that week. And Michael Irvin took offense to that. He filed a $100 million lawsuit. But they were like, okay, you realize this is in Arizona. You filed in Texas. So he dropped that suit and filed it here. Or not here, but out in Arizona where this all happened. And he and his lawyer released the video of him uh, in the lobby talking to this woman. There's no audio. He does grab her arm, touches her arm, I guess, a couple times in the video and then shakes her hands and, you know, she, she walks off and he's standing by the elevator. Didn't do anything else, but, you know, the arm touch is questionable. There's no audio. His lawyers, of course, are saying this clears him. Thing is, is like it's still a he said, she said type of thing because there's no audio and touching the arm. That's going to be the big thing that sports writers will write about. Oh, you should touch a woman like that. And, you know, you probably shouldn't. He thought I was probably being friendly, or maybe it was something more. Who knows? But uh, that that is going to be very interesting to kind of bird dog. I don't really have a strong opinion either way of this thing. But uh, Michael Irvin's definitely taking the offensive um, in this lawsuit. Okay. Uh, good news for the Oscars. Uh, slightly more than nobody watched this past uh, this past Sunday. Uh, they had a bump in ratings, I think 12% or something like that. It's like up to 18 million people watched the Oscars. Which would be okay-ish, except for the fact that it was like in the 23, 27 million range just a few years ago. And then this year, it was... Still the third lowest watched in history. The third worst rated Oscars in history. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, proof that people have kind of moved on from the award shows, especially during the pandemic where they thought, oh, we had this captive audience. Well, no, what you did was uh, you, you shut down most of pop culture. And so there was less of it to judge and watch and you weren't allowed to go out and watch it in theaters and of course there's that whole thing about you know hollywood being political i don't know if you heard anything about that um so there's that i mean don't get me wrong i mean i'm a movie guy i like watching movies and i'm happy when certain actors or actresses or directors get their due and I was certainly glad to see Brendan Fraser on the uh, comeback trail, winning Best Actor for The Whale. I haven't seen The Whale yet, but in the, he plays somebody who uh, has trained direct to marriage, uh, whose gay lover dies, and then you know he balloons up to 600 pounds because he starts obsessively eating. Not a very healthy look, and they had to use prosthetics to make this image come to life. And you know his performance, you know, got him Best Actor. Well, in Hollywood, that is hate, apparently. Um, let me see if I can find this. The, this tweet went out just after just after he won this, right? Uh, this woman, or this male, or this binary, I don't know. Uh, so disappointed the whale won Oscar for best hair and makeup. Fat suits are harmful. They are not your opportunity to win awards. Our identity is not your costume. Basically, this is, you know, your heritage is not a prom dress. Uh, cast fat actors to play fat characters. The whale. Transphobia. Or fat phobia. Fat suit. Oscar. Ha all this hashtag. And somebody, KB Halen, uh, tweeted this out. Alright, so there's another crank on Twitter. But what makes this interesting is it was retweeted by 
somebody who said, Stop giving fat suits awards. We want better representation in Hollywood. Hashtag let's change beauty. The person who tweeted this was not a person, but a corporation, Dove Soap. So they've entered the four-way into, you know, being, I guess, woke and uh, trying to be inclusive and all this stuff. So, you know, if you're an actor, shame on you for acting like somebody you're not, even though that's your job. Uh, but Critical Drinker, uh, who is on Twitter, who has a YouTube channel, who, uh, you know, has some pretty interesting views on movies, uh, he responded to this on his Twitter account, maybe because being 600 pounds is massively dangerous and film studios would rather use prosthetics and makeup than an actor who might not even survive the film. There's Logan. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing, is you want, you want actors to do their job and make you believe there's somebody else. This isn't just, okay, we have somebody who's 600 pounds, let's find a 600-pound actor, because you're not going to find that person to put on a convincing performance, especially when they show the bad side, the downside of carrying all that weight. This isn't a beauty contest, this is a movie. You're supposed to betray somebody um, who's got flaws and uh, it's destroying them. Oh, um, by the way, Jamie Lee Curtis, she won Best Supporting Actress, which okay, I was like, okay, cool, she won it, but now I'm kind of disappointed that she won it because uh, she says her Oscar trophy, her Best Supporting Actress trophy, in honor of her son or her daughter were you know, trans, right? Uh, her Oscar is now non-binary. Jamie Lee Curtis will now refer to her Oscar as they, them. Yes, that's uh, uh, stunning and brave to refer to an inanimate object with no gender. So, congrats. Okay, um, elsewhere on the pop culture front, uh, Disney Plus has been a failure for Disney. I mean, it's been in existence now for two or three years, and they've got tons of content on there. I mean, Disney has an, an impressive catalog of material from years past, movies, TV shows, you know, everything from Snow White to the Disney Channel to Star Wars, National Geographic, Marvel. They've got The Simpsons on there. But they've been struggling because they figure, okay, we're going to get all these subscribers. It's going to offset the costs. We're great. Not so much. And, of course, the fact that some of this newer content just isn't setting the world on fire. And some familiar content may now be struggling, which is kind of sad because I like one of these shows. Uh, first off... Uh, the the reboot of Willow or the sequel series of Willow. You remember the movie that Ron and Howard directed all those years ago, which was kind of a knockoff of Lord of the Rings. Uh, Warwick Davis played the lead. Val Kilmer was uh, was the Aragon type in that movie. Well, they had the show, um, and they did one season of it, and that's all they're going to do. It was announced today that Willow Two or Willow Two. Uh, Willow, the next generation, or whatever the hell they were calling it, is canceled. It is done because there was just no heat for the show. There was just no fan base for it. It didn't have any of the original characters in it, aside from Warwick Davis. Mandalorian, uh, which a uh, new episode dropped today, third episode of this new season. I haven't watched it yet because of all the you know craziness that happened earlier today. Um. The Mandalorian first episode of this season 
uh, debuted in uh, with one and a half million views in the first four days, going back two weeks ago. Uh, that's just, uh, I think it ties. Let me see if I can find the numbers here. I think that ties the book of Boba Fett with 1.5 million uh, viewers and uh, just short of what Obi-Wan Kenobi had last year with 2 million viewers in the first four days. The first episode of Mandalorian Season 2 had 2 million. So this show has lost 25% of its viewership uh, you know, over the course of the last year or two. And I, I can tell you from the f two episodes I've seen in The Mandalorian, I can't say I hate it, but it's not memorable. It just seems like a placeholder. And I think, you know, part of that stems from that rumor, which, you know, every time I think about it and I look at the newer episodes, it makes sense that Kathleen Kennedy did interfere in the process of making this show by bringing back Baby Yoda in the book of Boba Fett. And, of course, John Favreau struggling to figure out what to do with the show. Because right now, um, Mando and Grogu uh, seem more nomadic than usual, and they have no real direction. I mean, there is some direction, but I don't know. It just it feels like they're playing catch-up and trying to, to salvage a story that could have been told a whole hell of a lot better if you know executives let storytellers tell the stories that need to be told. Uh, but Disney is definitely struggling right there. Man, you lose 25% of that audience. I think Baby Yoda may have jumped the shark like Fonzie here. Uh, one thing I am kind of glad about right now with Hollywood is more and more actors and actresses are speaking out against COVID, the COVID restrictions here. And I don't know if it's because they're just bored and tired of it or if they were afraid to speak up about it earlier when all this stuff happened. I mean, you and me. Here in flyover country, we've moved on from it. You know, uh, you know, we're not worried about masks and all that stuff. But I guess you know, on Hollywood sets, that's still a big to do. And then Woody Harrelson kind of set the world on fire a little bit a couple weeks ago when he was on Saturday Night Live and started criticizing some of the COVID protocols, the shutdowns. Uh, I, I'm thinking Woody has more of a libertarian streak to him than most actors in Hollywood. Um, but he, he kind of criticized, you know, Big Pharma and the shut, shutdown stuff out promoting his movie. And he says, you know, you know, if I'm making a movie and I'm not wearing a mask, I don't think the guys behind the set, behind the camera should be wearing masks. Let's stop this stuff. Hollywood's still doing that. Tim Robbins, who is flaming liberal, uh, has come out recently and said that he does not want to see cast and crew wearing masks he goes if i'm not wearing a mask on the set neither should these guys and it's like one of the most non-stuck up things i can remember an actor saying is like hey if i'm out here working and i'm not wearing a mask they shouldn't either tilda swinton is the latest and her her response to all this is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, she says uh, she's going to be shooting a movie in Ireland. I guess this was out in Texas. She was uh, doing this big presser. Uh, she's going to be doing this movie in Ireland. And, of course, there's the protocols with Hollywood. And I guess Ireland still has some uh, mask mandate stuff going on out there. I'm not for certain. If you're Irish and you're listening, feel free to uh, uh, set me straight on this. 
but she says she's not going to be wearing a mask even when the cameras are stopping rolling. And she said, hey, look, I've already had COVID maybe a couple of times. I've got, I've got the antibodies in me, and I feel great. I feel invincible or something like that. 62-year-old actress saying this. Uh, and, of course, she's a phenomenal performer. And I'm just thinking, you know, where was this a few years ago? Because if you said, hey, I've got antibodies, I'll be okay. You know, the vaccine police would jump all over your ass. But she went out and said it. So good on her. And maybe this catches on. Maybe maybe we can get the hive mentality to kind of um, shuffle off a little bit from Hollywood. We'll see. All right. Uh, a couple of quick hits. Some big stories, I guess. Um, and, of course, I always run out of time when I, when I do this podcast. Uh, earlier this week, uh, a U.S. drone collided with a Russian plane over the Black Sea. And, you know, a lot of this having to do with Ukraine. And um, I guess our military wanted to send a very strongly worded letter to the Russians or something. I don't know. Uh, this technically was international waters. Uh, I don't think it was something aggressive against Russia directly. But then again, this whole thing with Ukraine is not a very direct thing. Um, I would have to say we need to start minding we should have been minding this a whole hell of a long time ago what we send over what we use in that region because if you know we're, we're, not, we're being told that this is to you know, keep the invasion from Ukraine ha from happening but how aggressive is too aggressive you know what I mean? If this spills beyond the border of Ukraine, it's no longer about Ukraine. And that's when things get a little dicey. But, uh, yeah, drone got hit. Kind of scary. But, you know, the nice thing is if a nuclear war happened at the end of the week, you wouldn't have to worry about bank runs, uh, which is still kind of a thing right now. Market's still fluctuating stuff. Credit Suisse, uh, big bank out in Switzerland. I mean, that, that, I guess they were struggling a while back, but they're the latest one that's faltering. And I you know Europe's on edge, and of course we're on all edge, and we're wondering how much money we can fit in mattresses. Um, another little interesting tidbit about Zil Silicon Valley Bank. They were operating without a chief risk manager for eight months last year. I guess the one they had stepped down and kind of stepped uh, was uh, working with the board a little bit to find her replacement. Uh, you know, and she stuck around for like six months, but they went eight freaking months without a risk manager. That seems like trouble, right? And they upped their um, their risk meetings double. They I guess they had 18 risk meetings in 2022. Which really doesn't mean anything, because if you've ever sat through a meeting on anything, you know nothing ever gets done. So it was probably a lot of hemming and hawing because they had no direction. Um, I'm not sure if that's what directly caused everything to go south with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, but it sounds like they had some management issues behind the, uh, the set there. Okay, uh, one more story here. And it kind of showed... I don't know if I could ever talk about this... In radio when I was working at the bear because we worked with Live Nation who is you know hand-in-hand -hand with Ticketmaster and you know radio stations need to give away concert tickets busy you know keep people listening so the story goes 
um, but you know they have some of the um, preferred pricing you know the uh, strategic pricing where if you want tickets you know some tickets are going to be more in demand than others and uh, pricier than others and you'll pay out the nose more so than others and that was kind of the big to do with Taylor Swift when she announced her Eras Tour thing and you know there was some bitching about Bruce Springsteen and his thing, you know, man of the people, and you know, his thousands and thousands of dollars just to sit up front. Now, the cure, uh, you know, I, and I like the cure, but now they're kind of uh, caught up in this thing. They got the premium pricing stuff um, <clears throat> where, you know, they they uh, get entangled with Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster sells some tickets more than others. And uh, fans bitch about it. And Robert Smith, I think, went on Twitter and talked about how they were trying to get the scalpers out of this thing. You know, because damn those scalpers are always, always messing something up, aren't they? Don't take this as a defense of scalpers. I'm not trying to criminalize scalpers here. If you got concert tickets and you think you can make a little bit of a reasonable profit off of it and they're in demand... I don't care if you sell them. I don't care if somebody buys them off of you. As long as it's a mostly nice and legal transaction, you're good. But this isn't about protecting the fans. It's about getting your cut. And I think like Ticketmaster and these bands look at some of these scalpers, and it doesn't matter if it's illegal or not. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter if they're doing things legal or not. They're looking at how they could make more money off of this, and they want to dissuade people from buying these tickets and trying to make a profit. They don't want the profit to go somebody else. If they can find a way to make more money, they will do so. And I know that Taylor Swift had the public, you know, I'll cry about how her fans were getting, you know, mauled by bears. And Bruce Springsteen, you know, kind of just shrugged. But that's it. I mean, I'm sure the bands get a nice little bit of a boost a bit more of a bump because of this this isn't about the fans they just want the fans money they just don't want to share any of the market share with scalpers that's what that comes down to i know that sounds a little cynical and jaded but uh that's that's me for the most part uh but i gotta go and check on somebody who makes me a little more optimistic because he's you know sleeping over on the couch here so with it all said and done, until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.